The CNBC app, global market news in one place. Customizable sections and personalized alerts. Stocks tracking, interactive charts and market insights all in your hands. Stay connected, stay informed. Download the CNBC app today. A very warm welcome, everybody. This is Squawk Box. The headlines this hour. EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen tells CNBC in an exclusive interview an investigation into the origin of coronavirus is needed and it has to happen with the cooperation of China. We need a more robust data system for such uh, situations as uh, we see it right now with the coronavirus and um, for building up a system that is uh, that you can count on we need transparency president trump ramps up his public campaign to blame china threatening beijing with fresh tariffs and saying he's seen evidence linking the outbreak to a lab in wuhan i think that the world health organization should be ashamed of themselves A strong month for stock markets. The Dow closes April with its best monthly performance since 1987 as energy stocks drive gains despite the dramatic sell-off in oil prices. Revenues surge but shares sink. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos warns the retail titan could post a loss in the second quarter as he details plans to spend $4 billion of the e-commerce giant's earnings on virus response measures. Apple beats top and bottom line forecasts in the first quarter, but CEO Tim Cook says he won't pretend to provide an accurate outlook, sending shares into the red after hours. So happy Friday, everybody, and uh, happy May Day, wherever you are celebrating in the world. Workers of the world unite, as someone once said. Uh, U.S. President Donald Trump has threatened new trade tariffs against China after claiming the coronavirus outbreak originated from a laboratory in the country. The president didn't offer any evidence, saying, quote, I'm not allowed to tell you that, adding he believes the World Health Organization is covering up for China. Have you seen anything at this point that gives you a high degree of confidence that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the origin of this virus? Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And I think that the World Health Organization should be ashamed of themselves. EU Commission President Ursula von der Leyen has told CNBC an investigation into the origin of coronavirus is needed. I caught up with the European leader for an exclusive interview last night and asked her if she supports international calls now from governments like Germany, Sweden and Australia to probe the source of the outbreak. Also asking whether she thinks China should be involved in that effort. Of course, one of the lessons learned uh, from this pandemic is that we need more robust data um, overall, and we need more centralized than uh, an entity that is uh, analyzing those data so that the early warning mechanism is way better. Uh, For example, uh, at the level of the European Union, we know that we, we need a more robust data system for such uh, situations as uh, we see it right now with the coronavirus. 
and um, for building up a system that is uh, that you can count on, we need transparency. So we will have to work on that after the crisis. And that means you would like to see China work together with the Commission and others to get to the bottom of exactly how this virus emerged. Yes, I think this is for all of us important. I mean, for the whole world, it is important. You never know where the next virus is starting. So we all want uh, that for the next time we have learned our lesson and we have established a system of early warning that really functions and the whole world has to contribute to that. Are you concerned, though, that that may ultimately lead to a weakening of the relations with China at this point and some cooling off or distancing? No, I don't think so, because it's in all our own interest. I mean, uh, this this pandemic has caused so much damage. So it's in our own interest of every country that we are better prepared the next time. We will we, we do not know when uh, such a crisis occurs again, but we should be better prepared now. Well, I also spoke to President von der Leyen about the sharp downturn in the Eurozone economy after the latest data showed the region's GDP contracting by 3.8% in the first quarter. I asked her if worse is to come and whether it could further threaten EU cohesion. Indeed, uh, we are in a very deep economic crisis and it will take quite a while uh, to recover from that. And um, therefore, the European Union gave a very strong answer immediately to inject liquidity in our economies that are hard hit by the lockdown. Uh, we, we spend a sum for the economy of 3.4 trillion up to today, the European Union and the member states. And we are now working on indeed a seven-year budget for the European Union topped by a big recovery program that is more or less something like the Marshall Plan. So to really have front-loaded a lot of investment in research, in innovation, in uh, the sectors we want to promote like the digital or the European Green Deal. So to kickstart the recovery um, of the European Union and this injection is necessary. But as you know, ever since the announcement of the recovery plan was made, there's been scepticism on a number of fronts. Some say it's unlikely that you will get significant private contributions. Do you think that's correct? Well, um, uh, I think that we will be successful with this uh, recovery investment um, because it's composed in a way that all seven, 27 member states say, let's go for the idea. Of course, there's a, the, the, the devil is always in the details. So there's a lot of discussion about how to spend the money and how much in loans, how much in grants. So, but the overall idea uh, to have the seven-year budget uh, of the European Union topped by a recovery instrument and this front-loaded for the acute crisis, this finds a, l a lot of positive response. Um, Ursula von der Leyen, and you can watch more of our exclusive conversation with the EU Commission President on cnbc.com. And obviously, uh, stay with the show because we'll be playing you more clips throughout the programme and, of course, on street signs. So we begin a new trading month here. But what a remarkable month we have seen in April. As we say goodbye to it, it is worth, I think, just reflecting a moment here on the kind of performance that we had. So 
This is uh, a snapshot on the uh, S&P index, and I think it gives you a, a sense of uh, where we've actually travelled from. Um, let's just roll you into the Dow and uh, take a look at the Dow. And uh, here we sit, 24,345. So we have 30 million Americans who lost jobs over the last six weeks. But the reality, as you churn through these um, indices, and let's just pop up the, uh, the NASDAQ so you can have a look at the technology story here. These markets have put in unprecedented gains to the upside here that take us way back to uh, 1980s-like uh, performances. And yet, as we talk you through the various markets over the rest of the morning. What you see here is economic conditions continuing to deteriorate. We also saw back in March, uh, as we get these data points, how much household income has also fallen. And so for those out there who are keen perhaps to see some capital gains at the moment as they watch perhaps other parts of their household income fall, be very wary because at some point the economic reality must catch up with the way the markets uh, are currently trying to bake in um, the amount of stimulus that's coming through from uh, both governments and central banks at this point. There was one other interesting number that we got overnight as well that we'll take a look at. And this one is going to be pivotal for market performance. And that is the fact that we've now seen the savings rate in the United States go back to where we were in 1981. So we're all back to the 80s here. But 39 years it's taken for us to see something like a 13% savings rate in the United States. And the big question that everybody is asking themselves in market land is, will that translate to pent-up spending subsequently as we begin to see the lockdowns removed? Or will it just mean that Americans, as they see interest on their savings collapse because of the action that the Federal Reserve has taken, that they save even harder and they save even more of their disposable income. It's a big question mark for how we see economies perform in second, third and fourth quarter this year. Coming up, we take a look at the tech titans, Amazon and Apple, both seeing red in after hours trade. What was it in the numbers that the investors didn't like? We'll have a look at those stories when we come back. If you enjoy Squawk Box Europe, check out the Brave Ones podcast. The series explores the rise of some of the world's most successful entrepreneurs. Through exclusive interviews with family, friends and colleagues, the Brave Ones podcast features stories of determination, resilience and ingenuity. Available on Apple Podcast, Spotify and Google Play. The Brave Ones podcast presented by Credit Suisse. Welcome back, everybody. Let's just take a quick look then at the S&P tech 
performance over the last month. We are, as you'll imagine, uh, since it's the 1st of May this morning, uh, charting how the markets performed through the month of April. Uh, you'll be very aware that it's been a very strong month. Um, and as we've come into uh, the beginning of May, uh, we've actually seen not only tech, but we'll point this out to you, a look up um, nearly 14% on this S&P uh, uh, subtech indices. But we've we've seen a strong performance coming out of retail, home builders and energy stocks. But let's refocus on tech. Shares in Twitter closed lower. The company offered little sign of recovery in advertising revenue over the first quarter, unlike its competitors. The social media company beating revenue estimates and posting a smaller than expected loss. Twitter saw its number of daily active users rise over the period to 166 million people. The CFO, Ned Siegel, said the company is continuously looking to improve its advertising algorithms. We think about the opportunity to help these advertisers, not just with these launches, but with more direct response formats over time. That'll start with app installs. That's a multi tens of billions of dollars growing market where we have an important business today, but it needs to be and will be much bigger for us over time, given the hard work that we're doing. And we need to keep moving down that a funnel for advertisers and helping get all the way to a purchase on Twitter eventually. If you are an Amazon shareholder, you may have to take a back seat. That was the stark message from Amazon as it outlined plans to spend around $4 billion in the second quarter, warning it could post its first quarterly loss in five years. Shares in the e-commerce giant sank in extended trading. The group reported a 29% rise in first quarter expenses as it launched a huge recruitment drive in a bid to meet increased demand. Amazon beat top-line expectations and its cloud division, AWS, crossed $10 billion in revenue for the first time. Apple shares slipped in after hours trading. The tech giant declined to issue guidance due to a lack of visibility and uncertainty. Uh, the iPhone maker's revenue topped $58 billion in the second quarter, which beat expectations. Apple's services unit saw 16% upside in revenue amid increased demand. Speaking to CNBC, CEO Tim Cook said, quote, it's hard to see out the windshield for the short term, but reiterated his confidence in the long-term outlook. Amit Kumar is U.S. Equities Portfolio Manager at Columbia Threadneedle. And a very good morning to Karen, who joins us for the conversation. Um, Amit, let's... Um, begin with you here. Just give us a, a very quick thumbnail sketch on what you thought was exciting about Apple. Good morning, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Um, there, was the, there was a few good and bad things. Obviously, um, uh, the COVID situation has impacted the overall business. Uh, and you can kind of see the, that in the results in iPhone, iPads, and Macs being a bit lackluster. Um, but at the same time, um, the two parts of the Apple story continue to grow, which are services and wearables. And just to put a context around it, wearables is now a bigger business than Mac or iPad at a $28 billion run rate. And um, likewise with services where the profitability actually increased, so the gross margins actually increased by 100 basis points. So it's been a, a, a bit of... Uh, 
good and bad. Um, but they did call out, uh, Tim Cook uh, last night called out some green shoots, as in uh, they're kind of saying uh, second half of April has been better than um, than expected. Um, they're seeing some signs of recovery. Uh, this is not very different from some of the other tech companies that have uh, reported and uh, and sort of called out in their earnings call um, as well. Uh, the one bit that um, people were a little bit um, uh, sort of uh, disappointed was uh, the uh, buybacks were slightly lower than expected. Uh, $50 billion versus uh, $75 billion is, was the most uh, most of the expectations. Uh, but uh, Luca pointed out that, look, there's a $40 billion authorization already outstanding. So if you add them, uh, you're still s- sitting at a healthy Ninety billion dollar buyback uh, authorization. Ahmed, what we've seen clearly in these numbers a change in the product mix. Typically, before this crisis, a lot of consumers were buying the, the brand new iPhone, also wearables uh, from the, the earpieces to, to watches. But this time in the crisis, now you've got this behaviour where people are saying, "Well, I'm fine remote working. That I need the right computer. I need the right iPad. Also, homeschooling." And it was interesting that Tim Cook said that people were not skimping on how much they were spending. They wanted the, the best products with the strongest back power as well. What does that mean in terms of margins, at least short term, where you see this product mix change? Um, thanks, Karen. Uh, look, there will be some adverse uh, impacts on gross margins, not just for Apple, for a lot of the other companies uh, who are sort of manufacturers, as they've called out on their earnings call as well, um, as the supply chain sort of rejiggles to accommodate for uh, for um, continuing to serve the customers amid this uh, shelter in place and uh, social distancing requirements. Uh, and that's very much true with Apple, as they've pointed out as well. But at the same time, um, they did, um, uh, you know, um, call out that their supply chain is very uh, durable and resilient, uh, as it has shown. I mean, after the initial shock in uh, China and other places, uh, um, they pointed out that their manufacturing facilities are all over. Uh, so the final assembly, obviously, there's Britain, China, Britain, US, and, and all over the places. So they, 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 they highlighted their strength uh, uh, in terms of managing the supply chain. And they, uh, uh, if you look through the, I guess, next uh, few quarters, uh, they should uh, be able to get back to normal. Um, I do have to point out that the services uh, business is a particularly higher um, margin business at 67% uh, nearly. And um, that's well north of the corporate average. So that's helping quite a bit because growing fast and it's a bit of part of the business. It was interesting to hear a little bit of weakness in the warranty business, the Apple Cares division where people take out insurance against some of the phones. But I just want to pivot to the phones because there's been a huge amount of anticipation around the iPhone 12. This is the 5G connected device coming to market. There's been some leaks around the pricing of that model, effectively that it could be priced the same as the previous version, which is quite extraordinary because what you saw in uh, that version versus the new one coming out, very different technology. So in the past, when you've seen the likes of Samsung come to the market with a 5G device, they had to lift the price by about 20 odd percent to cover the cost of those components. The fact that Apple at this point, according to leaks, will not go for a higher price range does suggest a problem, doesn't it? Some price sensitivity because of the pandemic and the traditional customer. Um, look, that's uh, that's very hard to tell at this point. It's very early. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of uh, um, different thoughts right now in the market. Of the, uh, one of them, obviously, is that uh, they will push out uh, the launch itself by a month or so. Uh, and that wouldn't be um, out of normal because they've done that uh, with 10 as well. But um, I think uh, Apple is really good with their pricing strategies. They've kind of uh, um, tested the 
a very uh, 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 you know large spectrum of uh, of um, price range and uh, and they've kind of uh, shown that they can increase their overall um average selling price um and i wouldn't be uh, I, i wouldn't be um uh, you know able to make a guess as to how they would uh, do it with uh, their new launch but uh, i think they're really good with managing um, sort of uh, their pricing strategy in in general historically Let me ask you about the buyback program here, because um, unlike a lot of other companies at the moment, we know Apple has a very robust balance sheet and is not under government or Federal Reserve pressure here to trim the payout. They have increased uh, the buyback program by an additional $50 billion. Um, Is that wise at this point, uh, both politically and in terms of where the cash could perhaps be better used? Now that's a that's a very good point jeff um look i mean uh, a lot of the other companies who have reported um, and uh, who have uh, especially the ones which have good balance sheet um one common theme we have seen that the cfo's are trying to be prudent with the cash and liquidity itself uh, that doesn't seem to be a problem with uh, apple with i mean 13 billion dollars of operating cash flow in a seasonally um uh, you know poor quarter so in terms of uh, them being able to use their balance sheet and the cash um, especially the 190 billion dollar cash pile uh, to continue signaling uh, to their investors that uh, uh, they're going to uh, stand there and, and buy back their share is positive um from a political angle obviously it's it's uh, it's hard to comment you know how exactly they should have behaved or not uh, but uh, from a from an investor's point of view i think it's great for them to signal um the continuation of their capital allocation strategy and uh, not a ma- major deviation from what they've done uh, in the past um and but i mean look it's not just apple i mean one of our large holdings is uh, lam research i mean they've been aggressive with their buybacks in the past but again uh, like i mentioned a lot of the cfo's are trying to be prudent with the cash and liquidity on the balance sheet and trying to just hold back on on buybacks until uh, things become Uh, a bit more certain. Um, Ahmed, I want to come back in on regulation because it feels as though from Apple to some of its uh, rivals across in the technology space as they compete for interest from investors, that they're having a good crisis. You've seen a lot of interest from uh, the C-suite executives to try and jump in and come up with tech solutions around contact tracing and anything else they can help out with donation of masks, for instance, trying to keep workers employed. What do you make of the regulatory risk around the fangs at this point? Has it come down just a little bit because of the way they handled this crisis? Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Karen, that's a great point, but uh, it's very early to tell. I think it's not just the the companies um, who are coming up with solutions, but also, I guess, um, we would be looking at more closely the overall response in general for the governments and uh, and everybody else. Uh, but I think we are very far away from from that right now. I think. Uh, Uh, not until we get back to normal and we don't know when that is well we do know that um, until uh, mass immunization and vaccination is in place um, it will be um, hard to sort of speculate um, you know how the what part of the response was right or wrong um, it's very early to tell um, how we would uh, see that but i mean look uh, there are companies which are um, for example amazon reported last night and they mentioned um that they would be spending all of their operating profits back into uh, into the pandemic related stuff 300 million of the dollars of their spending is going to be on uh, testing kits so i mean um they try to do the the things which are right um in this environment 
Um, but obviously, um, it's very early to tell uh, at this point. Amit, uh, before we let you go, um, can I ask you, what have you been doing around the working from home trend more broadly? Obviously, you have a few tech stocks that you quite like at the moment. Have you been making any adjustments to take advantage in this shift in working patterns? That's a, that's a very good point, uh, uh, Jeff. I mean, what we have seen, especially at the end of the earnings uh, so far, a very common theme that there's been strength in sort of cloud uses. Uh, there's been strength in gaming. Um, obviously, there's been strength in work from home uh, type of uh, uh, type of uh, companies. Uh, our, uh, if you look at our top 10 holdings, Amazon uh, ranks well up there. It's, it's our third biggest holding. So obviously, um, uh, there's a there's a there's, there's been a very big beneficiary both on the uh, e-commerce side as well as on the cloud side. Um, Google and Facebook have also been um, equally um, uh, sort of uh, uh, benefiting from this um, uh, this uh, period as a lot of demand shifts uh, to to cloud. Um, so the the only other thing I would point out uh, is that we've uh, held uh, Moderna, um, um, uh, which is a RNA-based um, um, pharmaceutical company, and they've just filed an IND um, for phase two um, for their, their, uh, their novel uh, vaccine, mRNA 1273. And this morning, they announced a, a partnership with Lonza to, do, uh, to manufacture almost uh, up to a billion doses. Thank you for listening to Squawk Box Europe Express. For more market-moving news, you can head to cnbc.com. Or join us again on the show with Jeff Cutmore, Steve Sedgwick and Karen Show Weekdays on CNBC.